Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. You can open up your Bibles to Psalm 63, 1 through 8. Um, we're going to be reading there in a moment. Um, I've been reading this book on uh, fasting. And so it's, uh, it's a very good book. It's very, um, amen. Um, it's been ministering to my heart and my life. And uh, this is, I guess, one of the, the things this, this man says in this book. Um, Jen, uh, I forgot his name. Franklin something. And so what he says in this book, he says, My mother was an excellent cook. He goes on to say, But if she had gotten so caught up in other things that all she ever put on the table was meatloaf every night of the week. He goes on to say, I don't think I would uh, take long for uh, me to find somewhere else to eat. He said, The disappointing sounds of comments like, Ah, mom, meatloaf again would have been common at my house. So he goes on to say, uh, what if God were hungry and all we had to feed him was uh, our same dull religious routines day after day? He goes on, he says, just like ending up with meatloaf on the table every night, I can just hear our Heavenly Father just sigh religion again. And so God wants a deep, intimate relationship with you and I. And so he gave up his son and then to die for us. And so he is not satisfied with the same old religion day after day. He wants something more from us. And this is uh, Psalm 63, 1 through 8. This is uh, David speaking. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, he goes on to say, So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because of your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will uh, praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and I meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. Amen. The song we sang this evening. My soul will cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Praise God. Let's pray this evening. God, we pray. We ask you to move. Oh, by your power and your spirit this evening, Lord God, that we would desire, Lord God, for righteousness, that we would desire to get close to you, Lord God, close to your bosom, Lord God, that we may hear your voice, Lord God, in times of need. We ask you to move this evening, and we ask you to minister to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I just want to take a look at nothing satisfies. So I want you to think about something. This man, David, he was a king. And so God had blessed him with a kingdom 
He had blessed him with honor and many riches. But those things did not satisfy David. What satisfied David was a close relationship with his God. If David being a king, having prestige and all the things that you can I dream of, only can dream of, come into an intimate relationship with God, what about us? Our souls are never satisfied apart from a relationship with the one who created us. And so that's why people, they turn to careers, they turn to money, they turn to relationship, they turn to homosexuality, nothing satisfies. And even today, they turn to tattoos. I saw this young woman the other day at the store, and I couldn't even count the, the tattoos that she had upon her body. There were so many. And so people are turning to all sorts of things because they, have no, they find no satisfaction in this life. We can turn to religion. How many of us know that it is easier to be religious than to actually work for a relationship with God? Amen. If we do not fight for our relationship with God, then we will fill ourselves with other things. People today, even Christians, are filling themselves with YouTube. They're filling themselves with the internet. They're filling themselves with Facebook. I know people, amen, they call themselves Christians and they're addicted to Facebook. What are they saying? What are they commenting? And so it's the same when people do not fight for a relationship with God. Amen. With the person that they are married to. They look for a relationship with somebody else other than their spouse. That is why people commit adultery and it's the same thing with God. James 4, 4 through 5 says, 4, 4, th 4 through 5 says, and this is the amplified version. You are like an unfaithful wife having uh, illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being that uh, being uh, the world's friend is being an enemy to God? So whoever uh, chooses to be a friend of the world takes a stand as an enemy of God. Or do you suppose the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit of whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. Amen. And so here, amen, in our scripture, James is speaking to the church. And so when we don't have a proper relationship with God's, our hearts and gravitate back to the things of this world. This is why people say it's not the same anymore. They say that in marriage, and I've heard them say that in the house of God. It's not the same anymore. When we do not have a proper relationship with God, amen, that's what people say. I want to ask you, do you take your relationship with God seriously? David said, Oh God, you are my God. That's Psalm 63 1. I will seek you, my inner self, 
thirst for you. My flesh longs and faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. How many of us know, man, as we walk on this earth, we look around and it's dry sometimes. It's weary. We look out at the things that are happening and it's dry and weary out there, amen. We don't have, amen, the answers for the things that we're going through. And this is what David is saying. This is why David's crying out because he does not have the answers, but he knows that his God has the answers. David is saying he is dry and lifeless without God. There is no purpose that is found, amen, in him besides God's will, amen, or God himself. And so we're going to have to realize that our need for an intimate relationship with God, and we're going to have to get close to him. I want to take a look, secondly, at remembering our first love. I believe a lot of times we just settle for a secondary relationship with Jesus. It is a relationship, amen, that has no passion. It has no zeal. And I just want to remind you that we're supposed to put God first in everything we do. We're supposed to put God above our spouse. We're supposed to put God above our children. We're supposed to put our, our God before any relationship. Even our money, amen, we're supposed to put Him first. And we do not pursue God a lot of times because we have lost interest in Him. And so there's a church, and it's the church of Ephesus. And so God is making a plea with Him for this very reason, because they have lost interest in their God. Revelations 2, 2 through 5 says, I know your works, your toils, your patient endurance. Amen. They're, they're working, amen, towards God. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but I have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And so the sin Christ charged this church with is not having left and forsaken the object of love, but having lost, lost a fervent degree of it that was first apparent. Christ is displeased with his people when he sees them grow uh, remiss and cold towards him. Surely this uh, mentioned in scripture of Christ forsaking their first love reproves those who speak of it with carelessness, and thus tries to excuse indifference and sloth in themselves and others. Our Savior uh, considered this indifference as sinful. They must repent. They must be grieved and ashamed for their sinful uh, declining and humbly confess in the sight of God. They must uh, endeavor to... Uh, 
recover their first zeal, tenderness and seriousness, and must pray earnestly and watch as diligently as when they first set out in the ways of God. If the presence of Christ's grace and spirit is slightened, we may expect the presence of his displeasure. That's uh, Matthew Henry's commentary. And so this church was becoming religious. The fire that drove them at first was burning out. God saw something in Ephesus that was going away. That they were losing their first love. And so if they did not get back to it, they would eventually forfeit what God had done in them in the beginning. I've seen this happen time after time. People lose their love, their zeal for God, and they forfeit everything that God has done in, in their lives. And so we do not prize what God has given us. Let me say that he will take it away. And so are you saying, Pastor, that we can lose our salvation? Very well we can. Matthew 25, 1 through 13 is, is, is the pictures, the image that we're given here. It says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who uh, lit, uh, took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. For when the foolish one took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took a flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed... Amen. God's been delayed. Jesus has been delayed for a long time. I thought he was coming back when, when I first got saved. They all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come and meet him. Then all those virgins uh, rose up and trimmed up their lamps. Think about this. The reason why they trimmed, up, they trimmed their lamps, all of them did because they knew what to do. And it goes on to say, because they knew it was going to burn longer. If you trim your lamp, it was, it was going to burn long, longer. But when the wise answered them, saying, Since there are not uh, to be enough for us and for you, go rather to buy with the dealers uh, for yourselves. And it goes on to say, And while they were out buying, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. And afterwards, other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I am saying to you, I do not know you. What's there for? For you know neither the day nor the hour. Amen. And so these other, amen, they were pure, they were holy. But I'm going to say that they ran out, amen, of something in their hearts. They ran out, amen. Amen. Basically of God. And so this is a picture of the wedding between Christ and his wife, the church. That's you and I, amen, this evening. And we stand here, amen, before God. We are his church. And so God's people this evening are those lamps. The first time we see the word lampstand in the Bible is in Exodus 25:31. As God gives detailed instructions about the golden lampstands to be placed in the tabernacle. That's who we are. The Israelites were building. It's interesting to know just how precise God is explaining 
how he wants the lampstands to look. And so these lampstands was to be made of pure gold, hammered at a perfect accuracy for God's decree. Gold was uh, most valuable of all metals. God is often spoken. God is often spoken of in terms of being the tester of fire. The Bible compares to the testing of gold, the testing of his church. Amen. Out of the testing or uh, refining will come the true people of God. Those who withstand the fire will, will be purified. And so that's who we are. That's who we represent in the Old Testament with these lamps. There's there's other, amen, uh, figures in the Bible that, that are represented by his people. Goes on to say, then the lamps as a whole were to be fashioned as a tree with the base and center um, shaft representing the trunk with the tree branches on each side. On the top of the shaft of each branch was to be made like an open of uh, almond flower. Uh, flower. Each flower her held oil in the lamp. There were several passages in the Bible that uh, speak about the almond tree, which always bears the fruit tree. Sorry, which always bears the the first tree to blossom and bear its fruit in spring, as early as February. The Apostle Paul calls Christ the first fruits, because Jesus was the first to rise from the dead to everlasting, and He became the resurrection. All believers will also be raised. Amen. Remember I said that you're supposed to give God your first. And so that's why this, this lampstand was carved out of this wood. Because it was carved out of amen, an almond tree which would give its first fruit. We have to give God our first. Everything. And so in the tabernacle, the last step was a place, was to be placed in the first section called the holy place. And so the lampstand was to be tended. By Aaron and his son. And so the light was never to go out. And so us as Christians, our light is never to be to go out. This is a representation of you and I. And so Jesus also calls his church the light of the world. Not of their own doing, but because Christ is abiding in the church. And so we are the lampstands. He is the one who fashioned us to perfection and is still fashioning us. So we can hold his presence and be a representation to the world. And the lamp must never go out. If the lamp goes out, amen, we will lose that, amen, which he has given us at first. I want to take a look, lastly, at the righteous. So the word righteous means just and right in Greek. In Hebrew, it means which locates the meaning in the sphere of God's gracious covenantal relationship with his people. And the appropriate behavior of the covenant partners. Amen. Towards each other. And so that's God's relationship with us and our relationship with Him. 
And so as we seek a fervent relationship with Jesus, He makes us just and righteous before the Father. And so this is something that you cannot and I cannot achieve on our own because on our own we're not righteous and we're not just. We need that from God. As we serve Him, as we come into this relationship with our living God, amen, He does that for us. And so there's uh, some some things that some attributes that he starts giving us and you you see that when a person changes but after a while that we've been serving god amen he's concerned about us you know going back god is very concerned about us amen we know god's covenantal commitment towards humanity he proved it with the blood of his son jesus but it is his people that have a hard time with the relationship. And this evening, I believe that a lot of believers are not satisfied. I was talking uh, to my wife yesterday. I actually had a deep conversation with her. Amen. Where the, the kids went up and I don't know, there was, a, there was an invisible force holding up them upstairs and actually we got to have dinner amen and eat with each other and talk it was like it was like a date we hadn't had one of those in a long time and so I, I guess I got deep with her because I was excited about writing my sermon and so I was I was talking to her yesterday and I was telling her that I was uh, convinced that a lot of Christians live life like their reward is on this side of heaven God gave me this revelation he started speaking to me when I was when I was reading First Corinthians, um, and and we do not come to a deeper relationship with God because our physical needs are being met, and so we settle for that. Amen. We settle for less in our lives. We're like, okay, God, you're providing for us. My kids are fine. My husband's fine. Everything's fine in my life. I have a job. And, but I told Cindy, I, I told her, I, I told her, I said, hey, there's something, there's, there's something I want more. I'm not satisfied with anything less than God's fullness in my life. And I guess that's one of the reasons, amen, I've been fasting. I've been trying to see God. I've been trying to hear God's voice. Amen. I want more of God. I just don't want to be a religious person. And how many of us know that we can become that in the house of God? It's challenging, amen, for us to build, amen, or rekindle a relationship with God. It's very challenging. And on top of that, keep that relationship with God. Because how many of us know that children get in the way? The job gets in the way. Other people get in the way. Uh, relationships that we have with other people, they get in the way. But I'm not satisfied with the relationship that I have with God. That's what David came to his, this conclusion in his life. He's like, God, I'm not satisfied with just any ordinary relationship with you. I need to be intimate with you, God. I need to be close with you, my, my king. 
And he was a king. Think about this. All the duties of a king. He was a man of war. He had to order men. He had, he had, he had concubines. He had all sorts of wives. Think about this. David was a king with kingly duties. And yet, in the Psalms, he's crying out to God. And he's telling me, telling God, if he doesn't have a relationship with him, he doesn't have anything. Amen. And so let us not be satisfied, amen, until we get God's fullness in our life. I want to read this last scripture, Matthew 5, 6, Amplified Version. I love this. It says, Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous. It doesn't say money prosperous. It says spiritually prosperous. In that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation. Goes on to say, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uprightness and right standing with God. What I spoke about earlier. Amen. That we can't be right with God unless we have a relationship with him. For they shall be completely satisfied. Completely satisfied. And the question is, are you satisfied with the relationship you have with God? So can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.